Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I am your host, Billy Pollyhan, and with me as always is the Andy to my Kenneth, oh. Mr. Raul Rodriguez, and we're back with another month of my month. Mm-hmm. Once again, somehow Snyder has returned. The oh, Snyderverse. <laughs> Snyder, this is the real Snyderverse right here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Zack Snyder's other movies that are not DC. So yes. shut your mouth. Snyder 2 Electric Boogaloo, baby. Oh, this is so cool. Yes, Rob Rodriguez is always. And today, we're going to do Zack Snyder's first movie. A lot of people think that 300 was his first, but no. This is his first movie. Then he 300 put him in the map, though. Oh, it, about... it, it it definitely made him a, a name yeah. to be reckoned with. We're talking about Dawn of the Dead, the remake from 2004. Do you know where you were at in 2004? Yes. I was in high school when this movie came out. <laughs> yeah. So old. <laughs> yeah. And I was eight years old. Jesus. You, you didn't watch this movie when it came out. You no. No. <laughs> No, and it's a good thing I didn't. This movie in Mexico was P13, so that's why I was able to watch it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and it was, but it, it was probably just the theatrical cut or whatever. Yeah. I watched the unrated cut. Which no, they didn't. I don't, I don't really know if there's a difference. Who fucking cares? It is almost, I remember when I saw it in theaters, it's almost nothing. It's just maybe like 10% more blood compared to the theatrical cut. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this movie, and it's interesting to notice that none of them, there's not a lot of, not a, not a lot of Snyder yet here because this feels like a work for hire kind of movie. Oh, it was very much a work for hire movie. Mm-hmm. And the production behind this was very interesting because guess who wrote the script? Mm-hmm. This is a crossover that will probably never happen again, although I wish it did. Uh, James Gunn. Yeah. James Gunn, the screenwriter of Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo. He was uncredited for those, Mm -hmm. but it's actually because of the first Scooby-Doo that they they didn't have a lot of faith in him. Mm -hmm. They expected him to write a script without having to make a pitch. Yeah. Which is highly unusual. Usually in Hollywood, you got to pitch the movie Mm -hmm. to sell it. And they had been talking about doing a Dawn of the Dead remake for years. Dawn of the Dead, obviously the sequel to the most famous zombie movie, Night of the Living Dead. And this is the first time we're talking about a zombie movie. And also this is like, because we have to talk about George A. Romero, because this is based on the screenplay by George A. Romero. James Kantaniki adapted it for today. But it's actually a good adaptation because it does exactly what a remake does, which is mm-hmm. it stands on its own, mm-hmm. but it takes certain elements from the original. Like The Thing, like John Carpenter's The Thing is its yes. own, well, thing, but still takes some stuff. Like mm-hmm. that awesome title sequence. Yeah. Also, uh, for me, I always love the thing about zombie movies because I grew up in the middle of the night in the 2000s. And the, my experience with zombies, I think I saw Night of the Living Dead first. And so... I saw the movie first in black and white, and then I started playing video games, the Resident Evil games, the House of the Dead games. And then I saw the Resident Evil movies that were coming out with Mila Jovovich. And, but then 
I don't know when this movie came out. The, the Land of the Dead, then one of the last ones that George Romero did, when the zombies can talk. That was like 2005, 2006. But you started to notice when you watch these movies that they all follow a formula that George Romero technically established. That you have, it's always the same things. We have to know the person can get infected through a bite. That's number one. That's always the rule, always there. Number two, it's always in the head. You have to the to you have to technically impale them in the head, and then or just shoot them in the uh, kill the brain. Yeah, or just kill the brain, and then number three, it's always a main location of group, <coughs> a group of survivors. So it's usually a big group too. It's a big group, but then they do the Lord of the Fries thing that all of a sudden, nice. little by little, they're gonna start killing each other. Outside of the things that they want to kill them, outside of that location. If we, yes, we're talking technically, it is kind of like The Walking Dead, but The Walking Dead stole from George Romero. So many movies and video games. And even I told Billy, this is the Left 4 Dead live action remake. You could basically call this movie Left 4 Dead, mm-hmm. and it would work just as well. Yes. The only real thing that they did was they set it in a mall. Mm-hmm. Now, in the original, the theme of consumerism, how mm-hmm. mall shoppers are like zombies, which they are. Yeah. Especially during weekends. Um, <laughs> um, and Black Friday. And Black Friday. Oh, just holidays in general. Mm-hmm. They got rid of that. Here, it's just like a traditional zombie formula. Walking Dead really much stole from this mm-hmm. as well. But it also feels like a music video. Because that's where Zack Snyder, he did commercials and music videos. Mm-hmm. That was where he came from. And they were like, hey, let's just hire this unknown dude. Um, and he'll direct this remake of the most famous was, zombie movie of all time. And that was a trend in the 2000s because Mike G was the music video director too. Then you get Snyder, uh, the guy that directed the first Constantine, and he directed the Hunger Games sequels. I'm forgetting his name right now. Something Lawrence, Francis Lawrence. And he directed the Bad Romance video too. The guy that directed I Am Legend, talking about topics that we're going to get an I Am Legend sequel. That guy is also a music video director too. And zombies. Well, well isn't it technically vampires? What? No, it's zombies, dude. Oh, no, that was in the Vincent Price version. Well, there's always a debate that in I Am Legend... Omega Man story. I'm talking about the, the Will Smith version. Yeah, but the Will Smith version is more zombies, though, yeah. Which they are making a sequel to somehow. Mm-hmm. Somehow. But whatever. Um, but you know what? Uh, well, Snyder did sort of make a spiritual sequel. We'll talk about that at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. But here it is an awesome opening. Well, first, this is a universal movie. Yes. I don't think that uh, it's weird seeing Zack Snyder work for somebody that's not Warner Brothers. Not only that, but also, I don't know if this movie came out the same time, but Shaun of the Dead, I think Shaun It did of come the... out the same year. I was like, that was a little confusing because I remember seeing these two movies in, on the same month, seeing Shaun of the Dead and this version of Dawn of the Dead. And I'm like, are these movies related? But they were, of course they were Sort not. of, sort of. And they were both were made by Universal. Mm-hmm. And so we start our movie. We get this awesome, uh, like, newscast 
thing mm-hmm. carrying over from last episode. And it's just this outbreak is happening. But we don't know that yet because our main character, Anna, who is a nurse, she finishes this long shift. And this story put, takes place in Milwaukee. And then she c- comes home with her husband mm-hmm. and they make love in the shower. But while that's happening, we get the emergency broadcasting system. They got lucky that they didn't listen to the damn TV while they were fucking. Or unlucky in this case. But you and... also notice that little detail that she even was about to go to the hospital to someone that was coming from a biting. And she's like, that sounds weird, but still I'm going to call off. Like, I'm already going to go home. So she got technically avoided three different situations of the apocalypse. The fact that Shaun of the Dead somehow parodied that mm-hmm. at the same time, there was no way they could have known that. And, and they even have like a similar like aesthetic. In That's certain what I'm stuff, saying. They feel, they feel similar. Yeah, but what does happen is we learn about there's this mysterious rapidly spreading contagion turns its uh, victims into, as the IMDB says, flesh-eating ghouls, which they are. And I love that we never learned the origin of the the plague. Mm -hmm. Because... If this happened in real life, that's probably what would happen. We would well, not know. Thing, from what I remember from Night of the Living Dead, the original Romero movie, he never tried. He never explained it, right? No, he the did Romero not. The Romero movies neither, neither. If you really want to watch Night of the Living Dead, you can watch it on YouTube for free. It's in the mm-hmm. public domain. It's in- ridiculously easy to find. Yes. Which also- that costs Romero millions of dollars because he didn't copyright it. Mm-hmm. And also, this is the other thing. Then you get into all of the different kind of like zombies that we have. The other thing that I was telling Billy, this movie feels also like a spiritual sequel to 28 Days Later, the way that the zombies move. So you can also say like right now, I haven't seen The Last of Us, but the, the thing about Last of Us, those zombies technically are because of flower, because of a fungus. And then The Walking Dead was because of conservatives in the cans. So that's why everybody had it. And so it's really interesting that you can say, because even in this movie, they say, was it airborne? Is it because of the bite? I like that kind of like that kind of the thing that Romero, even James Gunn is putting it here that it's about panic. I like that, that you don't know the real origin of the thing. And I love that they don't try to explain it. Absolutely. And what happens afterwards is they wake up and we met this young girl on roller skates, the previous scene before the love shower making scene not anna ferris not anna ferris and uh she somehow comes into the house so i guess they had their door unlocked i guess Mm -hmm. um anyway awesome reveal of uh her as a zombie with the the live yeah and the husband of course is just like oh my god get somebody but of course Bites the shit out of his neck, and we get some practical effects there, mm-hmm. which they should bring back. And, and he Snyder ends up that kind of like zoom, like Sam Raimi style, from the floor all the way to her face. Yep, and so slams the door and slams right into the door. But he ends up bleeding out and dying, and then he comes back as a zombie. Mm-hmm. But 
uh, Anna was able to get the key to the car, mm-hmm. and there luckily the window. Uh, there, there's a window in the bathroom, so mm-hmm. she can get out. Lucky also, her. she got lucky when she slipped on the bathtub that she didn't fuck her with her head. She got lucky. Or that the the zombie husband didn't pull her ass down because mm-hmm. he ends up getting her legs, but she kicks him in the face. But she manages to start the car, and then, or before that, we see the shot of all suburbia and all hell breaking loose, mm-hmm. including one of the neighbors pointing a gun, and then he's just like, "Get back!" But he stupidly walks into the street and mm-hmm. gets plowed final destination style yes. by an ambulance. I love and then that. she starts the car mm-hmm. and is able to run away from the husband. And I was thinking, man, this is very much 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. Especially with the long shot, like following the car and all of the mayhem with all of the cars. Like it's I love boring. the little things that happen in the background. Mm-hmm. Like one car just gets T-boned <laughs> right in front of her. Mm-hmm. And some guy was trying to get into her car and she ends up in an accident. Mm-hmm. And after that, I believe... Cre- at the credit scene, we see all of the credits, and then we see Bing Rames uh, saving... Oh, no, no, no. During the credit scene as well, during the White House section... Oh, yeah, you the... told me this. Oh, geez, zombies storming the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Not topical. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? One of them is director Zack Snyder himself. Nice. He has cameoed in his movies... Uh, not quite a Hitchcock cameo, not quite an M. Night Shyamalan cameo, but little Easter eggs. He 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 does manage to cameo himself mm-hmm. every once in a while. Just because. And then, yes, we meet uh, Kenneth, played by Ving Rhames. We love Ving Rhames. Mm-hmm. And he is the badass in this yes. movie. And there is, in the original, the cool black guy was this guy named Ken Forey, who does mm. make a cameo in this movie Ooh. as the uh, as the bigoted preacher. Uh, he is the, that's why that guy looks familiar. That's <laughs> Ken Forey. He was the original uh, cool mm-hmm. black guy. Mm-hmm. And there, there's two other cameos from original uh, cast members. Mm-hmm. But they ran, managed to run into a group of survivors of three people. Pregnant Russian lady. Um, Not ludicrous. That's Mackay Pfeiffer. Oh my, that's Mackay Pfeiffer, yes. <laughs> looking like... Um, fucking... Oh, he wasn't Divergent. That's true. That guy, yeah, he wasn't Divergent. I will never forget him from 8 Mile. That's what I think of Mackay Pfeiffer as. Mm-hmm. And uh, our... Every man who is named Michael. And they end up uh, teaming up and they mm-hmm. end up going to a mall. Yes. Just an abandoned mall, which is where they actually filmed. It was a mall that was going to be torn down anyway. So mm-hmm. they were like, hey, can we just film here before it gets torn down? And so they did. So cool, but we can't visit it. Mm-hmm. And, and they then- shot it in Canada. This movie was shot in Canada. Ah, good old Canada, where it's incredibly cheap to shoot there. So many movies and TV shows are still shot in Canada right now. Yeah, but then uh, this is the other thing. Like, I love the nostalgia behind the the um, the the mall, but I'm like also I love that they didn't add it like more brands because this is a small movie. 
who have been called to be. I didn't really see any brands. There was no brands. But I'm like, one of the stuff was called Metropolis, and I'm like, foreshadowing? Uh, for Snyder? <laughs> Metropolis? And now Gun. Mm-hmm. Who would have known? And it's also just because, uh, oh, yeah, it's called the Crossroads Mall. Mm-hmm. I was like, ugh, that's so on the nose. Yeah. Get it? Because they're at a crossroads, literally. Oh, Unfortunately, there's no there's no Crowley, but... There, there also, there's no Britney. Like the Britney Spears Crossroads movie. <laughs> oh, that terrible movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but what we do get are three security guards that end up... Uh, or no, we, we have a zombie security guard mm-hmm. and uh, grabs the pregnant lady, but they manage to push him into the fountain, even though he can't get up for some reason. I guess mm-hmm. waters is their weakness. And then they end up going to the elevator. They go to another level mm-hmm. and we meet the three other security guards, which is Bart, the stupid one, mm-hmm. Terry, the young one, and CJ, who is the dick. And he's played by Michael Kelly who also got to work with Zack Snyder again in Man of Steel. And he was also the dad in Chronicle. Oh, that's why that guy looked familiar. Yeah, he's that he's that dude that hit on the ladies in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. That, that's him. And he's worked with uh, Zack Snyder a couple of times. Nice. So starting the tradition of uh, recurring actors. Mm-hmm. That's one well, of them. So I'm like, I don't know if Snyder had done this before, but I'm pretty sure he has always liked to play with water and hands. Like the way that he focused on like her washing the hands, it felt very medical when she after that fight with the in the fountain with the, with Anna. Well, it's also the blood of her husband. She's covered mm-hmm. in that, so it's like it's starting with a clean slate and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's very obvious symbolism, but. Mm-hmm. It works, but they also the in this moment this is important. The pregnant lady got a scratch. We didn't know that at the time, but I do love the little detail of her pulling up the sleeve mm-hmm. as well. If you like, you wouldn't notice it if you weren't paying attention, but I but I did. Mm-hmm. I did. And then we get into we get into the story of the security guards that they have been there for a while. They don't want to get more people in. We get into that classic zombie story thing. You just got into our turf. We don't trust you. We're going to put you in a corner, in a prison or whatever. And you think gonna... that um, one of, oh yeah, there was one in a store. Michael uh, found a zombie getting eaten or mm-hmm. eating another person in a store. He manages to kill one of them. Gets blood all over him. But then another one with Ving Grames in a sporting goods store, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets his arm cut. He doesn't get bit or anything, but that was, um, it, it gave them pause. They're like, oh my gosh, he might be bit. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they lock him up in a, in a variety of stores. Yes. And also, I also, the other thing that for me that I always remember about this movie is the roof scenes. Like then doing the signs where it says like, a, it's just a live inside. Especially with the, some of the signs, like it looks like from curtains and also like with the walls. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure Greg Nicotero was taking lines for Walking Dead. I was like, hey, remember <laughs> the doors that says the dead inside? I remember, Those doors from Walking Dead, I will never forget it from the pilot. But then 
this is the other thing that I like. Uh, they, they never explain it because everybody stares at so many zombies around them all, but they all think at the same time, I was like, why are they not attacking? Why are they here? Why are they not? They go somewhere place else. So that's one of the theories that they think that they only attracted to flesh, human flesh, nothing else. Well, that and the security guards were just staying indoors, not making mm-hmm. any noise or anything. Yeah. And still during the outbreak start, I guess. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, you know, all the gunfight and stuff. Because the security guards, well, first of all, they take everyone's weapons. Mm-hmm. And then they take care of all the zombies. And then they put them in the cloth and just throw them off the roof. Mm-hmm. And uh, burn them. Because the one of the TV broadcasts with the cameo from legendary uh, special effects um, makeup artist Tom Savini, mm-hmm. who was in the original Dawn of the Den, last seen on this channel in uh, from dusk till dawn as Sex Machine. Yeah, he was there mm-hmm. with the with the dick gun. <laughs> he says, "You gotta shoot him in the head and burn him." Mm-hmm. And so that's what they do. And after that, what what do they do? Um, one of the guys, I love that they had this discussion that they don't want the, the I call him the best buy, but it was the Michael character that was like, a, you cannot be the leader. I was like, what were you on when before the end of the world? And I was like, were you a Marine, a special ops? It was like, I sell TVs at Best Buy. And they're like, what would you have to lead us? And they all want Vin Reigns to be the de facto leader, but Vin Reigns wants to see his brother in another part of the of the city. Like he's already outside of the city. In Pastorville. In Pastorville, yeah. And he also is just like trusts him more than somebody uh, that takes TVs mm-hmm. because Mackay Pfeiffer is a criminal. Of course, mm-hmm. he's a stereotypical black guy, and I mean, yeah, he's the father of the Russian pregnant lady. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that he was a police sergeant, but he was also a Marine. So that's how he knows the stuff that he knows. So and these are all people. Well, two of them are very essential people because Anna's a nurse. Yes. And then for me, even though I don't like the, like, the thing that is stated in the lines, but what the bigger priestess, and I'm like, Ken Forey, yeah. You know, for it is some really scary lines, though, because I like what he says, like, hell is overflowing as Satan is sending his death to us. I'm like, how do you think that God will judge you? Now we know the dead will walk the earth. And I'm like, damn. But he blames it on same-sex uh, relationships. Abortions. Um, having sex out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Abortions. And you know for a fact this would happen in real life. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's sad. And, oh, yeah, another one was this army general uh, played by the last of the uh, original cast members. I'm looking up his name. Uh, Scott Reiniger. Mm-hmm. He was um, uh, he was the main everyman character in the original. Mm-hmm. So, well, they just cut that. Like, like, they flipped through the channels and stuff. And they're just like, we're trying to contain the situation and all that stuff. But the TVs end up going out. And we hear the TV in the background. They're like, we're going to cut this broadcast. Uh, mm-hmm. God bless you all. And you really do feel like it's the end of days. Yes. And then the following day is when they see a truck. Like, oh, the, yeah, the roof. 
Don't forget about Andy. Yeah, they, well, I think that's what we're going to get because then we, they see a truck making a lot of like a noise and they're like, oh, they have people inside and they save those people. But then Vin Rames noticed that there's another person on the other side of the street and the guy, his only method of communication is a board. And that's like Andy. a big SOS board. Mm-hmm. They managed to just communicate that way with him. But he owns a gun store as well. Very, yes. very helpful. Very helpful. Especially because it feels like a video game because we have to reload and grab more munitions before we keep going to play the boss levels. But yeah, then cause... we get into... I still remember because I saw these movies first and then I saw the TV show. Ty Burrell as the asshole in this oh. movie. And I'm like, oh, Phil. Oh, my God. Phil, <laughs> Phil Dunphy being playing totally against type mm-hmm. he was seeing this first and then seeing modern family it is hilarious yeah but it also shows what kind of range he has as an actor it's really cool because yeah. ty burrell usually never does these roles mm-hmm. and he he's plays sort of, an asshole so well yeah now he's sort of been typecast as like this goofy dude the phil dunphy <laughs> the phil dunphy because he's great is that mm-hmm. we got the driver who is this uh, old lady named norma um, this redneck named Tucker, mm-hmm. uh, this old guy named Glenn, mm-hmm. um, we'll get to him, um, the slut, Monica, and this dad, Frank, who's been bitten on mm-hmm. the hand, and his daughter, uh, Nicole. Ah, uh, and the and, big lady, too. Yeah, like, and the disgusting, gross, uh, fat lady, who mm-hmm. is basically dead on arrival. Mm-hmm. But they come in. Oh no, no, it was it wasn't Pastorville. It was Fort Pastor. Mm-hmm. And they say it's been overrun. And Ving Rhames wanted to go there to meet his brother. Mm-hmm. After Ty Burrell just is just like, yeah, but it's overrun. He's such an asshole. Yeah, because like uh, Fort Pastor is deadish. He's blood city, and then Ving Rhames lives so all angry. And I'm like, wow, so glad you bonded over this disaster. And I'm like, you sassy asshole. <laughs> Nobody likes him either. Nobody likes him. And then she, uh, Anna is analyzing this big woman. I was like, a, she, I was like, a, but that's the thing. She has an infection, but she's cold. She doesn't have a fever. And then the old lady dies, but then she comes back as a zombie and then she stakes her through, through the head. And then they. The giant metal the fire poker. And they make out theory that all of the infection is through biting. And so that's and when like, they go to the who, decision. Who else got bit? Mm-hmm. And they now know that the old, uh, the dad, Frank, got mm-hmm. bit. And uh, then they're just like, Michael is like, oh, I got to kill him now. Mm-hmm. And Anna's like, no, stop. Not in front of his daughter. Mm-hmm. And of course, she's just like, no, go away. And he's like, I'm all she has left. She's lost everything. And then... It's actually kind of emotional, too. It is it's a really good moment. Very well. And that's another stereotypical thing about zombie movies. I like that zombie movies always plays with your feelings because you feel really bad when characters get bitten. I love that kind of like tension and manipulation that some directors even, do. Even people you just met mm-hmm. because they're just people. And okay. it's all and usually... And I recommend people to watch Train to Busan. Because that's a really manipulative, good drama. Oh, God. If you want your heart ripped to shreds Mm -hmm. in the best possible way. Yes. That's one of the best zombie movies ever. 
Those old ladies stole the movie. The Cor- that's one of Korea's best movies mm-hmm. for sure. And what does happen is um, the guy dies, and then we get and Michael the- can't shoot him. He can't. So they're just like, uh, he's like, no, it's okay. I'm gonna isolate myself, mm-hmm. and then Bing Ram stays there, and um, stays until he dies. Mm-hmm. And then Anna and Michael are just like. She, she's like, I'm glad you didn't kill him. He's like, yeah, me too. And then you just hear, blah, boom. Boom. And that's the other thing that I noticed from this movie. A gunshot is when you, re- you realize we went into another act of the movie. Like one of those, like only or one. Or another scene, at least. And yeah, it's a really interesting way of transitioning because then we get into the montage when we see that. This fun, fun montage. The Jay Leno, uh, like a. Which, it, it reminds me of the original Dawn of the Dead where, you know, they have a mall to themselves. Mm-hmm. What would you do if you had a mall to yourself? You would do everything. No, if, if that mall so had a movie theater, ooh, that would be heaven for me. Well, I mean, you could literally go do and take anything. Imagine a, Nothing is held back. A Sam Goody? Ah, that's nostalgia right there. <laughs> Yeah, so what does happen is we get a, a montage of Ving Rhames and Andy, the gun store owner, playing having chess. playing chess, eventually having a game where Andy shoots celebrity lookalikes, which is great and really funny. Avril heads ends up having sex with the slutty blonde girl. Yeah, the week is on porno. And then yeah, they, they film a sex tape, fully clothed, by the way. And um, then also well, I mean, Ty Burrell is fully clothed. And then we see also Phil. I I kind of call him Phil because that's Ty Burrell. But then he also playing golf and throwing all of the golfs to the zombies. He's like, ooh. <laughs> and uh, the daughter of uh, the dad that got shot ends the up. The redhead girl. Yes, the redhead girl, the really cute girl, um, mm-hmm. ends up with the really cute young guy Terry, the Where one of the security guards, the nice, the nice security guard. He was one of the horny teenagers from Wrong Turn. Ah, wait, wasn't, didn't he have his own show on USA or something? Uh, I'll just keep talking and I'll look that yeah. up right now. Wasn't he a white collar or something? Uh, no, that, you're thinking of Matt Bomer. Ah, he looks kind of like him though. Yeah, but uh, then. No, apparently he was on Gossip Girl. That's why he looked familiar. Yeah, he was in Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. And Frozen, not that Frozen. The movie, the horror movie Frozen, Mm -hmm. which is great. And then that fucking Disney movie came out and ruined it. Where it's three people trapped on a ski lift Mm -hmm. in mid, in mid transition. And then that's, that's the whole movie. It's them trying to get off the ski lift. It's a a good movie. With Arya and Zanzara are trapped in a ski lift. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. Reel it back to actual good content for a minute. And then we see that um, this is a weird transition. We get into one of the older characters. All of a sudden he's talking to the security guards in the prison. Who they, they locked up, by the way, because they were just like, fuck you, we're not doing that. But then Ving Rhames is like, no, fuck you, mm-hmm. you ignorant assholes. Because the dumb one used the F word, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not not fuck, the other one. The other one. The, mm-hmm. the, the gay slur. Mm-hmm. This was 2004. It was it was different, but still, not yeah. cool. 
And then the guy is like, I knew I was gay when I was 13. There was this my neighbor. He has the it's so weird. It's like a Shyamalan movie. I know. It was like, a, what the hell happened here? Are you going to talk to me about how hot dogs get a bad rap? Yeah. And then he's talking like this. It's like when the security guards are changing clothes. I guess that's the point, is to make them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He was the church organist mm-hmm. as well. And then they're just like, oh, my God. As well as uh, CJ, Michael Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is reading this. Oh, hey, look, the 10 best signs of a relationship. Number one thing was trust. Mm-hmm. So it's true. And then also throughout this totally whole thing in the movie, um, the guy from a mile and the pregnant lady, they have had their own part of the mall by themselves. So they, they take it took off from the plot and then they come back. This is when the light outage happens, right? Yeah, because they're all having dinner, mm-hmm. and we learned that uh, the main character, Michael, he's been married three times, but he was also a dad. Mm-hmm. And you just get this silence, like this understanding, like, oh, he lost his kid as well. Mm-hmm. Like, because they all realize, oh, we've lost people. But we're still having a good time. And then it happens because I guess the mall has its own power system. Because mm-hmm. the power turns off by itself after a certain amount of time. And yeah, then it turns back on in a certain way. So it's implying that the, the lights is already like, this is like government kind of like, there's no more lights anymore. Like, and they, that they needed to find the generators. And that's why they go to the parking lot. And you know what? This is a good scare. I totally forgot about this scare at the parking lot. Now all of a sudden they're, they're just looking for the generators and they all find, they find a dog. That dog, there's a thing that I'm going to say. This is a thing that bothers me about movies. There's a tension and people die because of a fucking dog. I love dogs. I'm like, God damn it. Oh, <laughs> chips. Yeah, love chips. But then we meet, we see this really interesting zombie that can swing between like uh, tube lines without, without legs and then scares the, that guy that you said. The, the him, dumb guard. The dumb guard. I call him Dollar Tree Toby. He uh, looks like Toby from Pillow Liars. Wait, which one? The young one with the red head or the, the red head. That wasn't him. That was supposed no, to but be he uh... looks like Toby. He looks like Toby from Pure Life. Yeah, he doesn't end up going with them. It's just the stupid one and CJ. Mm-hmm. But what he ends that? up getting the 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 ignorant one. The, the one t- the talking one about the... wanting to fuck the fat chick from Wendy's. Mm-hmm. You can tell James Gunn wrote this as well. He hadn't quite matured. Yep. Just look up his old tweets if you want to know what I'm talking about. That kind of humor. Mm-hmm. That does not hold up whatsoever. And then the other thing that I also like from this scene that they, the convenient fuel pump that to, to light up the, the zombies. And they was like, I need matches. And then we get the lighter. And I'm like, I love that old reliance on lighters when you don't have a match. It's always a silver um, lighter. <laughs> lighter that flips open and then... You could just use it once and then that's it. Yeah. But isn't it interesting that they end up trapped with a bunch of metal bars mm-hmm. with barbed wire on the top of it? It's almost like subtle foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Well, not really subtle, but it's foreshadowing. Yeah. And anyway, the, the stupid guard ends up getting killed and it's Ving Rhames, uh CJ, and who the hell? I think it was uh, Michael. Yeah, but then we get into the scene that I will not forget about this movie. The pregnant... The, the oh, the delivery, fucked up scene. The baby scene. 
because uh, they're just like, oh, I'm gonna check on the. Uh, I'm gonna check on your wife or whatever. And he's just and Mackay Pfeiffer is always just like, nah, she's fine. She's fine. Just leave us alone. Mm-hmm. And we see very clearly he's lost his damn mind. Cause he has her chained to the bed and everything, and she's looking it, she's she's deteriorating mm-hmm. fast. It's really gross. It's like Bella from Breaking Dawn Part Stephanie 1. Stephanie Maya got inspired when she saw this movie, when she got inspired for Breaking Dawn Part 2. <laughs> for breaking down the novel. It's ah, ah. breaking her back and everything, and she even has the same gaunt and face. Even the focus, you also feel like this was inspiration for Twilight because even the focus on the belly, how it moves, and all of the veins. And oh, it... the sound design is also great. Mm-hmm. It's you so know, good. The other thing that reminded me on the focus on the belly and the veins and the nastiness of the skin, Alien versus Predator Requiem. So you know, all of the pregnant ladies. That they have it, they're incubating the aliens. I I got reminded of that scene. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, man, I am glad I will never get to be pregnant. <laughs> yeah, and then we this I call her not Reba McIntyre, this old lady that walks in, and then she because she cannot behave like Reba McIntyre from Tremors, not like the character, and then she oh, walks, sweet old Southern lady. Mm-hmm. And then she she walks in. She sees. I was like, "Why you have done to your, to your, to your, to your, to your wife?" And all of a sudden, she's about to she she shoots the pregnant lady and Mackay Pfeiffer because she already her. turned and everything. Mm-hmm. And then she, and then Mackay Pfeiffer shoots her like four times. And so she, with her last breath, she also shoots him three times, and he's holding the baby. It's and a girl. A girl. And then. Everybody arrives, sees the bodies, and then Anna goes, moves the blanket. And I thought when I saw this in the theater, I thought they were not going to show the baby. They we only going to hear the gunshot. But no, Snyder shows the baby. And I was like, ah, especially the with the yellow baby. eyes. It's a zombie The close-up baby. of the yellow eyes as well, whenever somebody turns and then it's just eyes straight up open. Mm-hmm. He's very good with close-ups here. Yes. Just the way, I mean, even back then, you can tell he wanted to shoot his movies very differently. Mm-hmm. It still feels very 2000s, yep. and he hadn't quite gotten his groove, but you can tell that he wanted to experiment a little bit and with stuff he, like that. The other thing that Snyder didn't do here, because he does in a lot of his movies, he's, he always plays with gray and black. He didn't play with any colors in this movie. Maybe yeah, this is very little. It has like that weird mutish, uh, like yellowish tint to it, mm-hmm. or like a greenish tint to it, and it's sort of slow mo, not quite slow mo yet. Which the slow mo he is very the only famous slow-mo for. That it feels like Snyder is when the southern lady she shuts off her cigar, and the way that he you see that them shoe like doing it so slowly to turn. He it does off. some of it like with the lighter and mm-hmm. uh, everything. That's the only Snyderisms in this movie. Yeah, his later Snyderisms. Uh, we'll get into those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be surprised to find that I'm a little mixed on some of his other movies. Ooh, it's gonna be good. Yeah, everybody says this is his best movie. I don't think it's his best movie. It's one of his best movies for sure. Top three, at least. But I don't think that he peaked here. No. No, he didn't. 
I think it's also because he was given a really good script. I like I really like Zack Snyder a lot, and also when we get into the end, I like this movie, but I don't consider this movie one of his best. This is a good movie. Like oh, for sure. Like for me, but it is considered one of the best zombie movies. Yeah, but like Snyder, for me, his best movies is Watchmen, Three Hundred, Man of Steel. The my opinion hasn't changed. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like, those are the most Zack Snyder, quote-unquote, movies. Here mm-hmm. it is very much just a good zombie movie, but mm-hmm. you could, like you said, a placeholder director. It yeah. could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. But he did contribute a little bit to the story and stuff. Like, he was the one that made Zombies Run. Mm-hmm. This movie was often criticized for the gratuitous violence. It wasn't that bad. No. It's definitely dialed back um, compared to what he would do later in his career. There's zombie movies that are more violent than this. Yeah, it's only like when it's necessary, really. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not overboard or cartoonish or anything like that. And also especially because this movie's not as bloody as other zombie movies. Oh, for sure. Especially because all of the zombie movies they always do the same thing and it's a not to Joshua Romero. Opening someone by the guts and they're still alive. And this didn't happen in this movie. The gut thing. And a lot of some movies, they always share that scene. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then after they kill the zombie baby, oh, by the way, the redheaded girl adopts the dog. Mm-hmm. So now she has a trauma dog. So she got John Wicks and totally forgets about her father, by the yes. way. Yes. But then again, if you're, you've been under that amount of loss, pets mm-hmm. are great for comfort. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a big reason why people get pets. Yes. That's another reason why in John Wick it really works. Mm-hmm. I mean, also the fact that it was a cute dog. Yeah, but... Never not, forgive you. Fuck you, Theon. Yeah, but not four movies in and it's everything because of the dog. Still. So what? <laughs> but it's more so what the dog represents. True. Well. Yeah. But after this, uh, Ving Rhames, Kenneth is just like, you know what? Anything was better than sitting around and dying. So I'm going to get out of here. They're like, okay, how, how are we going to do that? Because Steve was just like, yeah, we could just go to my yacht and have a party on an island in Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea. And he's just like, I was being sarcastic. And they're like, no, this asshole is correct. Mm-hmm. Let's just take his yacht. So they noticed that there were some shadows in the parking lot. And they all, they all, they beefed up the, the shadows. To make them ready for Mad Max Fury Road. Oh yeah, and it's shown as well that more and more zombies are coming to the at mall. the to at the mall. Mm-hmm. So it's only they're on a ticking clock at this mm-hmm. point. They can't stay there forever. I'm like the only thing that those buses needed is a electro a, a guitarist throwing fire. Uh yes, they need the Doof Warrior, mm-hmm. who is the coolest cinematic character of all time. Mm-hmm. And he's married to Riley Keogh. Oh. Yeah, Elvis' uh, granddaughter is married Didn't to the Doof Warrior from Mad Max Fury Road. That's hilarious. And but then... what they do is they make the shuttle buses. Mm-hmm. These are the coolest fucking vehicles Especially that you can have in a zombie the front, apocalypse. With it has them out. That's a, that's a pretty cool one. It is so metal. Yes. Literally in this case. But I also love the little tiny bar to use the chainsaw, like to 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 throw down with the zombies to save ammunition. That's a really good thinking. 
the there. barbed wire at the front, and they basically just deck out these buses with and make them like armored, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. And then we get into the moment. And I'm like, I really like the tension in this movie. It was like a God damn it, you fucking overattached bitch. And like so many people die because you wanted the damn dog. But also, you know what? I get it. She loved the dog. And then and then we proves the theory about the movie that they will not kill the dog. Because they go and send food to Andy, to the guy that has... Who is starving. Shop. Yeah, he's... Oh, yeah, they get their chainsaws, a lot of propane tanks, mm-hmm. and just about as many supplies as they can possibly get on there. Mm-hmm. And they they also want to go to a store because they need ammunition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but because the the dog when they open the doggy door, he gets in. But then the zombies get in too, so Andy gets bitten, and so Andy and uh, Vin Rames have a moment. They finally meet because they became friends. Mm-hmm. They became long distance friends after that, and it's like, oh man. Yeah, you can hang kind of that that was his boyfriend. Well. At the very least, his good friend. I know, but... Um, you know, he's just like... He even pulls a... Well, Daryl stole this line. He says, I'm sorry, brother. And then mm-hmm. shoots him in yeah. the head. And then, yeah. The girl is fine. The dog is fine. Interesting that they're both fine. And when a horror of zombies outside. But yeah, so... At the end, they go... They... I, I love that they made the dog like a carrier pigeon. They just put some food on him as well. And it's also interesting that the zombies didn't get interested in any kind of like other kind of smells. And also that brings back to the thing of walking there. Remember the episode of episode two when they pull off the gas of the zombies to walk around the city? Yeah, but that also goes against it because they killed the horse and the pilot. True. Ah, good point. I totally forgot about the horse. So it totally it goes against the continuity. Mm-hmm. But but that's a different uh, franchise. Here, they don't seem to care about anything else. And mm-hmm. usually in zombie mythos, they only go for humans. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about anything else. I mean, they will if they have to, but they don't really. They, they go for humans. Because essentially what zombies are, are is a virus. Mm-hmm. And that is the most dangerous weapon, and it is the thing that has killed more human beings than anything else ever in the history of the world yep. combined. And what they do is they go to the gun store, they get all the ammunitions. Uh, oh, they detonate a propane tank. They put a f- road flare mm-hmm. in That's one of the cool. tanks, and then they shoot it with a pump-action shotgun mm-hmm. to blow it up. And the terrible CG explosions, mm-hmm. but it's the early two thousands. You can you can forgive that. Yeah, they get to the door, which is locked, and of course, Tyrell was supposed to open the door. He totally abandoned them. Yeah, fucking asshole. Oh, Phil. Oh, they even say that they they're just like uh, CJ's just like I'll deal with you later. Mm-hmm. We get some great action too. Yeah, because this is when we get into the buses when they got out from the mall. And I really like when they use the chainsaw and it's really effective. And also the CJ character uses another, I call it the Molotov tanks. But yeah, and the way they also got into the gun store was they went through the sewer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the redhead or the redneck guy breaks both his legs <laughs> falling mm-hmm. down. So he has to be mercy killed. 
Yeah, poor guy. But he got his moment being dragged by 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 the CJ character. He's shooting the zombies. CJ absolutely. Mm-hmm. From the beginning of this movie, he's just an irredeemable asshole. He like that's the whole theme with this movie is redemption. Everybody mm-hmm. redeems themselves. Most everybody redeems themselves in mm-hmm. some way. Yep. And CJ is the biggest example. This dude is like Boromir from Lord of the Rings in the sense that he goes absolutely nuts he takes out a lot of zombies mm-hmm. but yeah the bus scene mm-hmm. with i love the amount of zombies as well all those extras yeah is, i love that it feels like the horribleness because they have those lights on the top and they only light the zombies around but you can feel the darkness that there is even more zombies around the buses and so that's why those chainsaws were effective because they were opening the road and those molotov bombs but then we get into the chase that they got lucky that parts of downtown will have no zombies at all try to get to the marina. And then this is the scene that I'm like, oh, I hate when that happens in zombie movies. Like a, a death scene that it was not called for, but it happened because there was no zombies involved. When the old guy kills the blonde lady by, by accident because of the... Because he had a chainsaw. <laughs> because of the chainsaw in the car turn. I'm like, oh, God. That's uh, that's that's one of those. Ooh, ooh that's I, gratuitous violence. That was gratuitous but violence. Man, was it cool to look at mm-hmm. the practical effects and makeup. Yeah, are so cool, and mm-hmm. they very much hold up. Yeah, I don't know if Nicotero worked on this. Greg Nicotero is the um, makeup artist behind The Walking Dead. Very famous. Mm-hmm. He learned from Tom Savini. Um, oh, the music was uh, Tyler Bates. Who would later go on to do guard the first two Guardians movies. Mm-hmm. And he would work with Zack Snyder again on a couple of his movies. Either way, he's a good uh, name. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the special effects were made by this guy named David Leroy Anderson. Oh, I think he did uh, The Nutty Professor oh. and Men in Black. Nice. So after the, the bus got turned, Phil Dunphy leaves Ving Rhames uh, behind. But then- he leaves everybody. And then he leaves everybody, but then all I, the irony, all Phil gets bitten. And it's a thing that it calls back. I love this really good callback that Anna said. I was like, a, oh, you guys, you guys love fucking shooting them in the head. I was like, a, the way that you love shooting all of these people. I was like, do you have any childhoods? And I was like, sweetheart, if I ever could turn, get turned into one of those things, you have my permission to shoot me in the head. And then Anna sees him. I was like, a, I'll do it. And she blows him in the head and being was like, damn. I like it. Like, That's like, what you call great writing. Mm-hmm. And then what does happen is they steal the keys. Mm-hmm. And so everybody in that bus is dead. But it's just a it's just a rush to get to the other bus. And what does happen is CJ really steps up and he has to light the propane tank mm-hmm. and shoot it. And so he does. The classic sacrifice just... of the character that you like at the end. Yeah, because he's just trapped and he's just like, oh, it fucking figures. Because they're right at the dock and the bus is getting overrun and everything. Everybody else is out of the car. All the other mm-hmm. survivors are out and they're getting to the dock and everything. Because Michael stole the key mm-hmm. as well before they got completely overrun. And he blows up the bus. Takes out a lot of zombies as well. He's mm-hmm. very good marksman and everything. And then after that, 
uh, everyone's on the boat because they figured out which boat it was. Mm-hmm. Everybody except for Michael because, uh-oh, he got bit right in the arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, sorry, guys, I can't do this. And him and Anna, like, presumably fucked in the bus, by the way. Yes. Um, so they had a thing. Mm-hmm. So who is left is Ving Rames, Terry, the young security guard, his now girlfriend, the redheaded girl, the dog, Anna. and Anna. Mm-hmm. Out of like what, 15 people? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Which is like uh, two thirds of the company's. And also, killed. it goes back when Anna met the, those guys. It was like a. Oh, you're three people, and I'm like, we used to be eight. Hey, that goes back to the thing from the beginning. I like, I remember that from from the beginning. So over half, yeah, yeah. And so when Michael, he just says, "I'm gonna, I want to see just the sun, the light, the light of the sun one last time," because it's a beautiful sunset. Mm-hmm. And then he just sees it. He pulls the gun on his neck, and then boom, and fade to black, and page to black, and then we get into. Really interesting and credit scene. It was like it's cutting between the credits, and then we see the footage that fell, like how he owned and it was with a lot of women. But then we how see he was Jordan Belfort from The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. But then, the this feels very kind of like very eighties kind of like alternate ending that you expecting this from this kind of movies that none of the people survive. That kind of no ending. no no you expect. Uh, typically that, oh, there's some hope and everything, but the camcorder footage, I really like this addition. Mm-hmm. Because it shows that they get to the island, but the island is full of zombies, and we just see all of the zombies grabbing the camera, and we just hear the zombies, and we hear like... <laughs> oh, you mean, and the song before that was the song that's played... Uh, after the opening credits mm-hmm. uh, or during the opening credits of the suicide squad. Mm-hmm. So James Gunn would use that song again and then plays it's town with the, the sickness, sickness. <laughs> <laughs> as it cuts to various zombie blah shots. <laughs> and that's the movie. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot. What yes. do you think about uh, Dawn of the dead? Um, like we said, this movie is fun. I wish it would have been a little more violent, but I also like the decisions that they made with it. I also like this kind of like thing that you know about the formula. Like you care a lot about the characters and it hurts when they die. But also, I'm going to say like there is some memorable shots from this movie, but you can notice that this was a war for hire. There's not a lot of Snyderisms in the movie. Well, he hadn't found his groove. This was his first movie. He hasn't found his groove yet. This is his um, first movie. I will give this movie a very solid eight. It's a really good movie. Not hmm. bad. Okay, well, I don't I'll give it... I don't consider it his best, though. Huh. Yeah, yeah, most people will usually say best. No. This is like a middle. Middle tier for Snyder for me. Uh, It's up there. It's It would be like number four for me. Mm, like of okay. his not famous, super famous movies, mm-hmm. even though this is one of them, uh, 
Like my tier list is still the same: Man of Steel, Watchmen, Three Hundred, and mm-hmm. then Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. That would be like like the top four so mm-hmm. far. Um, I'll give this movie an eight. Nice. I think it's really well made, very well written. It's pre- it's shot very nice. It's fun. It's funny. It's just a great zombie movie, and it's just a great mark of two thousands. Yeah, like a good time capsule of the two thousands without feeling like dated. Yeah, that's the thing. That's it feels very timeless. Note. It doesn't feel dated. That's a really good note. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to do in a movie, especially mm-hmm. in a zombie movie. Is it feels timeless? Yeah, because also a lot some zombie movies they always make a lot of like commentary of when they were shot. And some zombie movies are rich, they feel really timeless. But yeah, you can also tell when zombie movies were shot, uh, when, when they were made, because mm-hmm. they're they're made in a certain way. Like Night of the Living Dead is very much, you can tell that was made in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, 60s. In the 60s. Mm-hmm. Late 50s, early 60s. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But that was very much an independent movie. Here, it also feels like an independent movie. Mm-hmm. And it uh, paid off because three years later, Zack Snyder would get 300. If you want to check out that episode on Uh, our channel, you can, we talk about, I mean, that is the thing that made him Zack Snyder, Mm -hmm. like how Sixth sense put Shyamalan on the map. 300 did that for Zack Snyder. Everybody loved him after that movie. It was crazy. And now uh, his name is very controversial. Very. But what are we going to do uh, next time? Because Ooh. I th- believe it's his only animated movie. Yes. Very, very cultish in- kind of movie. Not it's a, a very movie. interesting uh, film in the filmography. Yeah, very interesting film in his filmography. His Lord of the Rings kind of like movie. Legend, the Legends of Cahoo. Lee. The Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. Yes. So yeah, we're getting owls. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna get real weird. There's a lot of war stuff in that movie. There's a lot of lore as well, but until mm-hmm. then, where can the good people find you, buddy? Ah, uh, you can find me as always at Robert RDC on Twitter, Instagram, and on Letterboxd, and on TikTok at Robert RDC. Please follow the podcast and SYNS part on Twitter. And please, please, please also give us a nice review on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the other ones in Jubilee. Yeah, you can follow me on Letterboxd and Twitter at Master of Puns196. Every word starts with a capital letter. You can also follow me at Billy Batson's Lightning on Instagram. Nothing is capitalized. And once again, you can follow our main show Twitter at SYNS Pod, as well as give us a five star and just write a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can also listen to us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, wherever podcasts are listened to. And as always, see you next summer. Dun, 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 dun.